This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bow Hunter Crocs podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. When you go check them out at HuntworthGear.com, check out the new Heat Boost. Um, Incredibly warm, incredibly not bulky, warm clothing. Uh, It's got this stuff called graphene in it that actually reflects the heat back to you. And uh, they say it's like 30% warmer. They had all that stuff at the uh, mobile hunters expo uh, that we went to. And when you put it on, you're like, Oh, this isn't too bad. It's not bulky. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty nice. And then it was like a furnace. I mean, it, it literally did build the heat. Um, definitely go check that out. Um, really great. It says, keep the warmth, lose the bulk right there at the top of the site. Uh, click on that and check that stuff out. Great stuff. Can't say enough about that. Um, but Huntworth is giving away uh, some of their uh, regular clothing, the uh, Houlton set, and that's the set that I used last year, um, right down to about zero. Uh, it's windproof. Uh, it's got the Sherpa line, and they're giving away a full set of that uh, with a hat and a hand warmer, and uh, that's going to be for our Patreon giveaway. And speaking of Patreon, we got a new Patreon, uh, Mark Lamson. Uh, he's out of Lapeer, so here in Michigan. Uh, thank you, thank you to Mark uh, for signing up. And basically what that does is that gives you access to the Vitals Live. So we just did one of those with uh, Joe Miles. Um, Andy May does map breakdowns, and they're basically live podcasts. Um, you can check them out at thevitalslive.com, uh, but you can get free access uh, just for supporting the show. And you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Chronicles podcast. Um, but all of our sponsors that we work with, we make sure that they're going to give something back. So every quarter we do giveaways. Uh, I told you what Huntworth is giving away. Lucky Buck, they give away uh, either a tub of their mineral or uh, some of their food plot seed. Uh, so still time for that. And if you can use mineral, um, 
down in Missouri and Ohio where we've got some, uh, our Patreons have got some, and then Frank's got some down in Ohio. And uh, the bucks that are showing up on there are just incredible. That stuff is really working out for them. Uh, Spartan Forge, uh, incredible deer prediction software. Um, so it's artificial intelligence for the deer woods using radio colored studies. Um, actually the podcast with, uh, Johnny Stewart and Lane Hausner, if you want to check those out, or we've done multiple podcasts with Bill, um, you know, talking about that, but, um, their mapping is just incredible. So, um, they've got now UAV or drone maps that update every six months. And, uh, it, it's scary level, uh, Intel, uh, but you can see the leaf off and uh, single branch type maps and uh, overlays. Uh, so you can take a look at it at different times of the year and pick up on those deer trails. Uh, you can check them out at SpartanForge.ai and you can use code Bowhunter to save 25% um, right there. So our friends at Zingers, they always say, you know, we can give away a set of Zingers using those this year again um fly great they are 3d printed uh compression fit fletchings and uh, they give those away to some of the patreons and that's that's awesome and then we always throw in something so we're going to be getting some probably a saddle kit um together with some sticks and uh some stuff from latitude i got to get with alex we uh had some things in the works um but we we probably got to change that. So uh, likely going to be uh, one of their platforms and a, a a saddle package from us. Um, so let us know what saddle you'd like to to try out. Even if it's not from Latitude, uh, let me know, and uh, we'll see what we can what we can come up with. If you want to check something out, um, that's another thing we do for Patreons. Is I've got a bundle uh probably a dozen saddles and uh, i can only hunt from one of them so it's one of those things where it's really difficult to um see them all in one spot unless you go to one of these saddle tune-ups or something like that so um if you're interested in one i send them out to the patreons and they try them out and send them back so uh just another thing that we've got going on here and i did want to give a shout out to one of our other um sponsors adjustable red dot so tim uh, and his family, uh, they've got the adjustable red dot sights and, you know, they're a great tool for no peep shooting for low light shooting for, you know, if you can use uh, a site that has electronics on it in your state, um, or maybe like your dad, or, you know, it's really been really good to, uh, for my daughter to start shooting, um, for no peep shooting, kind of like instinctive type shooting, um, you know, you draw back, you see the entire sight picture, you put the dot on there, uh, kind of like pistol shooting with a red dot. Um, just a, a great product. Um, you can check them out at adjustable red dot. So uh, got to give a shout out to those guys. Uh, Frank's got one on his bow. My dad's got one. I've got one. Um, really cool technology. So uh, definitely something to check out. We did do a podcast with them. You can go back and reference that. Uh, this week's podcast is with... Greg Litzinger, and uh, over the years, he's become a good friend, a uh, friend of the show, and uh, came, and we talk a little bit about him coming in 
shooting, uh, the total archery challenge with us, uh, things that we encounter in the woods, the differences between uh, guys he met in Michigan versus, uh, you know, some of the guys that he shoots with in PA or, or New Jersey, and then kind of like the changes um, with all the podcasts, with all the technology, and uh, kind of the way that the deer hunting culture is is changing. So um, I know this is going to be something that you guys are going to like. Greg's always fun, and uh, it's always fun to cut up with, with someone that you've hung up uh, hung out with in person, had a couple beers with. So um, great podcast. I know you guys are going to love it. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Uh, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And this, I mean, I don't know what Greg would say, but I would say this is like a friend of ours. Like, you know, you, you meet somebody once, you have a beer with them or whatever, but, you know, you shoot a lot of foam in the dick and you 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 make the most lewd lascivious comments and you know the uh you uh you know if 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 he hot box farts your suburban i think i think you could say we're we're uh we're friends now yeah we're 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 there <laughs> so uh the bow hunting fiend greg litzinger um always a pleasure but it's it's a lot more fun because of the 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 interactions i think of the past year yeah, you know history we got history now <laughs> so we brought this up on another podcast i don't think we talked about it with you have you listened to taylor and billy's podcast about it's the Jesus. I've, I've been cut off like three times it's like i'm like cursed because every time i get into it like I, at work when something happens it's like I guess I'm not even supposed to listen to it. So now like, I don't even want to listen to it because it's like it might just take away the mystique. Like, I think maybe what I have in my head is, is, is good enough. So like, we, yeah, outside forces are like, nah, you don't need to relive that. What you got is good enough. <laughs> but, yeah, so we were fortunate enough. Greg came and, and uh, stayed with us and shot with us at uh, Total Archery Challenge this year. Um, you've shot total archery challenges in the past. Um, I don't know if you've traveled, like, I mean, I guess it's out of state for you to go to PA, but I don't know what the, the climate is like. So what did you think of Michigan's, uh, event? It's Michigan was smaller, you know, like seven Springs. Um, it's a little more larger, uh, and it's, I mean, it's a nice course, you know, but it's, you kind of know what to expect because you, know, you shoot it. You know, I think I shot it what, four times. So you kind of know what they're going to put out, you know, they every now and then you need like a new target or like a new course put in there. But, uh, you know, Michigan was nice. It was different. Uh, you know, I'm shooting with a different group of people and just different looks, you know, and that mountain had, I mean, we had the pine looks like a section of flat pines, you know, to like shooting across the ravines. So some of them like, slightly uphill like off centered shots like seven springs is more kind of you're here and you're like kind of shooting more up you know and i've shot seven springs for like tournaments as well so i shot that mountain quite a bit so it's nice to shoot a different place you know that's one thing i, I do miss i told my wife like i miss traveling and competing and shooting in new places because the footing the scenery the people you know uh archers it's a you know i've been shooting about a long time and traveling and it, it was just brought back a lot of good uh memories of just having fun shooting your bow so uh chris uh langlois who shot with us he he brought up something to to ask you to kind of explain um because when we were shooting and 
one thing, you know, it's, it's one thing to think about Greg as a deer hunter, right? But as a, a target shooter and someone who's been doing it for a long time. And like, one of the things you told me on a podcast a long time ago was like, you know, even Tiger Woods has a coach, right? Yeah. So if you think you're like at the top of your game or, or whatever, um, you know, you're just fooling yourself. Like you can always improve. There's always room for improvement. And so then to go and, and shoot with somebody. So like, I'm a visual learner and I go like, I think that's great. Even when on the podcast with Johnny, he's like, when I'm out in the woods, you know, he's like, I asked my fiance, like, what do you think about this? Cause she sees the woods different. She's like, I don't even know. He's like, well, you know, maybe you see something that I don't see. Right. Because you know, you can always gain something from, from somebody. And one of the things you were kind of coaching us as we were shooting and you're taking videos of every shot and, and trying yeah. to analyze it. Um, but you were talking about on those uneven shots, not just leveling your bubble with your with your hand or your wrist, um, but doing it like with your core. And he yeah. he just wanted to know to to kind of ask you like to explain like why that is or how that affects everything yeah. downstream. Hand torque. You know, this is my daughter's bracelet. Let me take that off so it don't fall. <laughs> uh, hand torque. You know, you got here. That's how you normally shoot. You start doing this trying to level your bow out, you know, you're, you're introducing torque into the grip. So especially in a hunting situation, you know, with the broadhead, you know, it, that adds a lot of, it's not like a field point. You're, you're not going to get away mu much with a broadhead. You know, it's going to, if you torque a little bit, that broadhead is like, Oh, we're going to party. All right. I'm going to shoot far right or far left. So when you, you know, steer, steering it with your body, even from a tree center or even with a saddle, it's super important. You're here, you know, just, lean back a little bit, get that bubble level. So your grip stays the same as you shooting on your know, flat land. And that's something I learned the hard way. First time shooting some steep terrain. And I was like, oh, I'll just level, you know, I'm shooting left and right. Basically and I was like, I'll just level with, with my hand. Well, now I'm shooting the opposite because I'm putting torque into the, you know, grip. Yeah. Cause it, like, again, like being there, you know, and I feel like I just watch like, it's interesting because I talked about it last year because we shot behind Andy. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you watch Andy may do anything, but like you watch him shoot and he shoots just like John, like they have their whole process, like broken down into like, this is exact, like they're in the zone as soon as they click on the release and you're like the exact same way. But then you're like, Hey, can you video this? Can you, you know, you're, you're breaking it down like a little bit further. Um, and you were helping us. And that was, that was one thing I think, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, cause Greg shot with a bunch of like a, a band of characters, I would say. <laughs> um, but everybody was like, I don't know, like impressed of like how humble you are. You know, you're the great Greg Litzinger, right? And you're coming well, <laughs> well, but I mean, but, but to actually say, you know, to step in and say like, Hey, on this shot, you did this. So the next time, yeah. let me show you like yeah. what to do and like helping, you know, and I know, you know, I, I talked to Chris a lot after that, but you know, he was saying, and and I think it, it holds true. You know, you go, if you've never shot uh, something like that, you know, it can be intimidating. And then like, here's this guy that you see on all the podcasts and you, you follow on social media and then he's right there 
you know, shooting, shooting dimes or dicks. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it could be intimidating, right? Or the yeah. drain tube out of the javelina. <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> that was a true dick there. So you said, you know, getting out and shooting with different people, like, what did you think of the crew of the group? Because, I mean, if if you had a if you had a different temperament, that could have been a really uncomfortable yeah, weekend. You had thin, thin skin. That uh, <laughs> when it would have been a long day. And I like I've competed with guys that have thin skin because even when you're you know serious and you're competing, they're still joking a banner. But I've shot with some guys that are they just. You know, they're so into it, like they're so focused on that, but they can't even get out of that mode for a second. And if they do, it's like, you know, they're they're there, you know, I'm there to have fun and also like win and, and you know, have a good time. But there's some guys that just can't like they're there to win and you know, do whatever. Um, that's that was never my thing. Even like competing, like I'm competing when I step up to the stake, you know, and I'm walking up to pull an hour. Once I pull the hour out, it's, you know, everything's off and I'm, you know, normal break. You know, and then I get to the stake, I put my game face on, you know, and then I kind of take it serious. Until someone makes a funny comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you guys are brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that I was most impressed with you and with Jake to be fully in. And I think Jake was already through the click and was able to let down without yeah. just sending one into oblivion. Yeah, that's, that's that's good, too. Like, there's situations like that, you shoot the people you don't really know in those moments where like it's okay to let down and shooting you know hinges and spike releases like it's very hard to let down a lot of people won't let down once they're in it and you got to be able to let down man uh if not you're just going to just put them negative you know imprints in your brain which isn't going to help killing a deer you know like it's okay to let down on a deer too if the shot ain't there don't force it don't make it you know that's like the i'd rather let a buck or doe walk than you know hurry up and risk a shot like you know, trying to force it, you know, and you flank them so that it never goes well. You know, the, the odds of going well aren't very high. So it's like, yeah, I'll let that deer walk. So John, what did you think of this year? Um, because usually you're shooting well and you're, I feel like you're rather serious um, shooting. And now you had, I, I think Greg and when we shot with TJ also, but, um, and Jake, I mean, all weekend we're, you know, right there with you shooting really well. So was it different, different environment for you? Cause I think it was like, like probably a 10 on the joking around, but I think there was a different level of shooting this year. No, I, I enjoyed it. I was looking for it. I was like, I was like, I couldn't wait to get up there and shoot with Greg and, and I, I, you know, didn't really know. I mean, Jake was going to be there, but you know, I wasn't sure if he was going to shoot with us the whole time or what, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I had a blast. I hope I hope you can come again next year. That's that. Uh, I told my wife like I'd rather. I I even told plants whatever like I. It's different. Like you guys up Michigan, you know. I was talking to um, Aaron about this. Police uh, there, and you guys are a different breed up there. You know, you guys take hunting and, and shooting serious. Um, like I live in a very populated state, and there's some tradition and people are serious but not on you guys' level. You guys are just, you know, a different monster. And it's nice because uh, it makes me want to go back up there and, and shoot again, like different, you know, here, I shoot by myself here. You know, even if I go to PA, 
there's only three or four guys I might know a meet up, but like going up there and hanging out is way cooler than I think shooting PA. So most likely I'll be back. <laughs> well, hopefully next you know, year. Next year I'll have it a, a little better shooting experience because I was having an issue not making any excuses. I shot okay, but my glasses were really screwing with me. And so right now I'm wearing new contacts and I can see. <laughs> and so what I had them do was, so my right eye is long distance. Yeah. So I can see, I can see really good in New Jersey. <laughs> but, and then my left eye is up close. So like it's blurry as hell, but yeah. I can read my tape. So I told, I told the eye doctor, I'm like, listen, I don't care about the rest. I need contacts that I can shoot my bow with. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you mono vision then. I'll give you one long distance and one short. So, like a cyborg. Hold on. Let me <laughs> right. So, like, close one eye. Oh, I dial it to 100. It's interesting with all of the, like, joking around and carrying on that we did. And I mean, if you were shooting, like, in front of us or behind us, like, they had to have been like, what in the world are those guys doing? For you to get the impression or, like, whatever that, like the guys in Michigan are more serious. Like how, how, how can those two things be in the same well, sentence? Just, uh, you know, like before shooting, like even at the range and just like the hunting in general, like it's uh, not saying we don't take it serious here in New Jersey you know, or, or even like the PA because there's rich tradition in PA, but I mean, you guys, a lot of diehards, you know, um, you know, a lot of people that, shoot year round you know i don't shoot year round anymore i know i should like i mean i i think i shot like shit up there you know i'm not gonna lie like it was i don't i haven't been shooting so i got no excuse like i shot to the level of my training so it's like i knew what i was getting into like well you know i had three weeks to shoot whatever three and a half so it is what it is but i mean you, you a lot of guys i talk to like you guys compete in leagues in their leagues and, and stuff like that and you you're still traveling to these events like around here like the indoor guys, like most of them are indoor field, you know, they just started ramping up the 3D around here in my local range. So I'll be getting back into that a little bit. But you guys just, the, the core group of people that I, that I talk to, they're just very similar to me. And like around here, not many people are doing what I'm doing, like for shooting and, and hunting wise. But I talk to a lot of people in Michigan that have the same kind of mindset and, and methods that I, that I use down here. So it was pretty cool to, you know, see that, talk to it and be like, Hey, you know, like, all right, it's nice being around that. I don't, I don't really get that around here. Like even in PA, like get it, but I don't really get it, you know, like, cause it's a smaller group of people like that little party you, you had there, you know, so many people I talk to, they're just, you know, love hunting, love shooting, like love the whole everything about it. So, you know, it's it's refreshing. You know, it kind of motivates me. It's like I need to, you know, come back next year. I I gotta get my shit together. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely not my best shooting. You know, and it's like, and it's like it's all simple things that for me, just like just pushing the boat, pushing it left. Like I was pushing left like all weekend. And footing and you know not leveling the bubble just errors hunting is not really gonna, like 30 yards i was pretty good but it's those 60 70 yard shots which is usually like my bread and butter 80 yards and it's like i just let myself down so from a hunting standpoint like 
how does that transition to to hunting? You know, that's one of the things like when you're on social media, like all of the detractors are like, oh, yeah, here they are shooting 100 yards. And now they got this false confidence Brilliant. that they're going to be roping it like this at 100. <laughs> That, that they're going to be, you know, hunting at that distance, shooting at that distance. So, like, how do you see events like that, like, helping people transition or move towards hunting? Put you in, there's a lot of walking. Like, we walked at one course. There's a lot of fatigue set up. So, there's different things set up. You know, side hilling, fatigue, the heat, you know, there all these things that just make you uncomfortable shooting. So, you know, if it use it as like a learning experience, you know, like, all right, you know, like I can shoot well when I'm not, you know, I'm tired, you know, there's a lot of shooting, like, so it's not like you're in your backyard, you're flat ground, you're just like rifling arrows. So it translates for, for me to, you know, you're in unknown scenarios, shooting unknown targets, even with a range finder, it's, you know, it's not, you're unknown or whatever. So it, it translates to hunting because it's realistic. You know, you're never going to feel your best. You might be sick, you know, the wind's blowing, you know, or you're shooting, you know, in the cold, just something that's just not normal. So that's how I view those events, you know, like the total archer challenge. It's good. If you go into mindsets, like, all right, this is fun. This is like hunting related. You're not going to shooting for X's or points. You're shooting for, you know, kill shots. So like like every, sure. I, I want to shoot X's all day long, but you know, at 67 yards, I don't care what social media says. There's only a handful of people that are shooting X's at 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 yards consistently. Right. You know, you know that one shot, like, hey, 110 yards. Well, it's one shot. It don't count. You know, like, well, you might have pulled all your hours on target. Like, we don't know. You know, like for me, 100 yards, I just want to hit chest cavity. You know, and I'm happy with that, you know, because I'm not going to shoot 100 yards at a deer. You know, maybe even elk, I don't think I'd do it. You know, that's just too many things to go wrong. In my opinion, like I, I prefer to get a little closer a hundred yards. I might as well take a rifle anyway, you know? Right. Maybe like what I've always said, you know, uh, people look at my setup and I go out there with like, when we go out West, I have a four pin slider. Well, I got, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, and I could dial it out to a hundred, but I'm not going to shoot at an elk at a hundred unless I shot him up close and I want to try to get a second shot yeah. and he's standing out there hundred. Now you got nothing to lose and now I can yeah. dial it to it and shoot. Yeah. Get another arm just for blood or whatever, right. you know, but yeah, like those things, like first I'm all elk. I did a single pin and I shot, I was shooting really well. I mean, I was shooting, I mean, for me, 80 yards of pie plate with broadheads to me, that's good shooting, you know, in a, in a hunting boat. 12 inch stabilizer, you know, like nothing crazy, no scope, you know, no magnification. And last time I went, I did a, a five pin sight and that was it. You know, I was like, well, you know what? 70 yards to me, that's realistic. I can, I can juggle that, you know, like it'd be nice to be like, yeah, it's 42. You know what? I just want to be able to just pull back and heat a moment and just, I know where the 40, you know, and just, you'll know, let it rip. So like, well, for me, when I get, if I go back out hunting, I'll probably have a five pin sight. You know, like I, I think 70 yards is, you know, I, I practice shooting 90, just holding it up, you know, and just, you know, using the sight bubble or something. But for me, I'm, I'm, I like fixed pins. One less thing I got to worry about in the heat of the moment. Right. So for this year, um, when does your season start or when are you going to start hunting? September 1st. I'll be, uh, uh hitting Delaware up. 
you know, and I'm totally not prepared. I'm not <laughs> ready. I, uh, like I said, my shoulders been bothering me. So like I shot the other day and it's like, I was like, wow, this is awful. <laughs> it's like, so I, uh, I'll just keep it short, you know, 30 yards and under, you know, until I get back up to speed, you know? So I got a, a three pin sight. I'm going to put on, take my five pin sight out and just three pins, 20, 30, 40, you know? And that way I'm not tempted to shoot anything further, you know, trying to limit my, uh, I'm not comfortable shooting distance currently. So once I get some more reps and hopefully by, you know, mid October, I'll be, you know, in shooting form and I'll put the five pin sight back on. So for a September hunt and, you know, you're, if I'm still understanding, but I don't, I don't think that I'm mistaken is like, you're all public land. Yeah. And so you're hunting. Look at me. Would you allow me on your land? If I come <laughs> up and like, Hey, get off my property. <laughs> all right. See you later. <laughs> what are you hunting, son? Yeah. <laughs> get away from our catalytic converters there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like, uh, an early season, like September 1st opener, like I think of you as like a, a bed hunter. So it's not like, okay, you're hunting, you know, you're looking for the, this food source or this, this, like, I feel like you're looking for the bed, you're going there. So how does that, how is that different October 23rd or October 16th than it is? September 1st, when I think of bucks and bachelor groups and like, you know, you think of it in terms of like more eyes, more deer, more problems. Yes. Uh, in September, they're still in there. Like even like Delaware starts the first and I think we're like the 11th or 12th. So we're, you know, I go two early seasons back to back basically. So it's strictly food and, and that's been hard for me. I'm not exactly a, a food hunter, but you know, my buddy Todd hunt with him and hunt with a few other people, like just hunt the beans, you know, and beans is really key. You know, walk the edge of the bean field, see where they're coming in, and just head in the woods and you know, kind of just I don't have a lock on any of the deer. Um, I have a few cameras out there, but I probably won't even check those cameras so I'm hunting, so I don't even know what's out there. So I'm just gonna go old school and cut a track and head in the woods you know and like i said i got three days first three days of season so i'm pretty much just quadrant 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 you know and like i said that the week the night before my daughter has her you know pre-k i gotta meet her teacher so i can't even go glass the night before season opener so i'm not going to go down to to the morning so I don't even know what I'm going to do actually opening morning. Like I might just cruise around and glass some bean fields and look for deer. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a solid plan yet. For that. Uh, but like last year we were down early and seeing where the deer were coming out. We had an idea where some bucks were. So we had a game plan set up. So this year, you know, Todd, he's got a game plan. I'm just going to kind of just shoot from the hip. So yeah, to give say- myself like a, three days. I, First day, I'd just take it easy and you know, listen to Andy May and everything else he wants, you know, like sit back and just watch, wait till things get in. And then and in Delaware, that happened to me, like we had a wicked storm come in. So the first day and a half was just a washout. And I just kept pushing in, pushing in until I found the buck sign and had those deer at 
40 yards. I just, you know, I might as well have been, you know, in the next county, it was so thick. All I could see was this rack. So, so in a situation like that with, with deer and beans, cause I don't have, I have like zero experience in that. And I was asking Andy this and he was yeah. like, I don't know, I, maybe you just got to go in there and, and glass it in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so early season, these deer are out in the beans, right? And they're probably bedding relatively close. Do they have any reason to leave the beans? Like, do do they venture out from the beans and then come back to bed? Or do they just yeah. eat the beans all night? No, they're, they'll be, you know, because September 1st, you start getting some oaks dropping. So they're, you know, beans, oaks, you know, and, and the key is, you know, is the oaks really good. They're going to come to the beans, uh, but they're going to hit the oaks, you know, you know, going in between. So the key is to find the oaks. Um, in, in my opinion, you know, I said, I haven't killed that many deer in velvet. So, uh, don't exactly, <laughs> don't exactly listen to me, you know, but you know, my experiences of, of hunting it is, you know, the field edges, even Delaware, they're, they're still skittish and spooky. So it's like, I'm not a big field edge guy. Um, especially in public, they just, you know, even here in New Jersey, but, like there's this buck, group of bucks in the field. As soon as you stop, I mean, they're like three, four yards away. As soon as I stop my truck, they're gone. And it's like August. So it's like, well, come September, like, it's even worse. And Delaware is like the same way. Like you just slow down and you're like, well, I'm going back in the woods. So the field edges are just, they're just in high alert, you know, and then you got the does coming in. So I like to just get off, you know, the field edges 50, 60 yards and start pushing my way back in that way, especially like on an evening hunt. You're like, all right, they're coming out of here. I'm going to you know, cut in here with, with the best wind and go in 50, 60 yards. And nothing happens there, you know, next night, I'm pushing a little bit further, you know, and try to stay on those those off winds and, you know, hunt those quadrants. Just push, each day just pushing a little bit further. They say, because it's, I got nothing to lose. You know, I'm, I'm it's like a vacation for me. So three days I'm going super aggressive and trying to get it done. You know, if I can hunt the field edge, you know, and sometimes I'll be out in midday, you know, like, uh, like last year at one field, I drove by, it was 1230, it was three bucks in the field at like 1130 or 12 o'clock. And the, the beans was private, but the woods was public. So it was like, but the wind was just awful. That's why they were out in the beans. Like all the wind was blowing, you know, from the woods into the beans so the deer probably felt safe to go you know get some food at at noon they knew you know nobody could come get them do you think that that's common um jake from latitude and myself when we were going to that mobile hunters expo we were driving around and there was deer you know one o'clock two o'clock just out in the middle of these fields just feeding and he said that you know he has seen that more and more and more often this year for some reason. Um, so do you think that there's any other reason that they'd be out there other than just the wind is, is right for them to be out there or is there? Yeah. It's just, they're, you know, just, I think a lot of variables come to play and they just want to eat, you know, maybe we got a cold winter coming because I've seen it here a lot this year, even like around our way, you, you don't really get a lot of deer at, 12 o'clock, but I've seen some deer, you know, a few smaller bucks and some of the smaller beans um, driving around and even like two 30, like driving home from work, I've seen deer bucks in the beans. So maybe we got a cold winter coming, 
I don't know, they're just, you know, stack of bodies. Like maybe they know something we don't, you know, but it, a lot of it, I think maybe pressure based too. Like, uh, I'm hunting like middle Delaware and not a lot of people are bow hunting in the early season. Um, it's still beach, you know, Labor Day weekend. So most people are at the beach. So there's only a few people and they got, you know, like I said, it's September bugs are awful. So could be like a pressure thing. Maybe they're safe. They know they're not going to be bothered. And maybe the beans, maybe they plant them early and they're getting, you know, once they start turning, there's a certain point they stop eating the beans. Maybe they're just you know, gorging themselves. Could be like a, a timing of the beans, planting of the beans, maybe. I don't know. Right. Maybe it's just the bugs are so bad in the woods. They're like, screw that. We're going out in the beans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be like a, if it's windy, you go out in those fields, you might get a little break from the bugs. Possible, you know? It's pretty humid too. Like we had June was pretty good. Middle of July, it got really humid here in Jersey. Like the second week of July, all the way up until about last week, it was like really bad. And I seen some bucks, you know, earlier than normal. So maybe it's you know tired of sweating, sitting around, and getting eaten up by bugs. <laughs> so what else do you got on the? So you got Delaware, then uh jersey opens and then what else what else do you have for the year probably do pa if uh you know we we ran a bunch of problems doing our kitchen you know we had a, a set budget and we kind of went over that budget by quite a bit because tearing down some walls and find some things like oh well that's sketchy and dangerous we should probably fix that so um spent more money when we thought we were going to spend I like to do PA uh, if finances allow. So I'll, uh, I'll get the PA license, you know. And you know, Johnny's, you know, November, and you know, Clint, you know, Tristan Stan, He's he's on some bears. Like I want to shoot a bear with the bow, and you know, PA's got you know, middle of October. They got like four or five days or whatever a week of bear season. So I got a couple of days of vacation left. So I might. I might do PA, even if I can't really afford it. Uh, I what, might do it. What's the PA probably, tag? How much does it cost? 190, 200 bucks or something. So that's not Delaware's bad. expensive. Yeah, Delaware's like, because New Jersey will just rape you. You come to our state from out of state, they're like, oh, ka-ching, they just hit you. So Delaware kind of just reciprocates that. You know, for Jersey buying Delaware, Delaware's like, oh, you're going to screw, screw us? Uh, we're going to screw you too. <laughs> uh, I think Delaware, I paid two thirty last year or something. Uh, and I literally hunted Delaware five times. And it was like, <laughs> so I think this year I'll probably hunt Delaware a little bit more because Delaware, like Jersey, we haven't earned a buck. You got to shoot a dove. We shoot a buck. Delaware is just straight off the cuff. You can shoot bucks. So I might hunt Delaware. You know, there's some, they planted a lot of late beans uh, up along the CND Canal, some spots, and I get off work at two thirty. I could be there at three thirty. You know, uh, I might hunt Delaware. You know, until end of September when Jersey opens their buck season, because uh, I've had a lot of nice bucks walk under me in Jersey, and you know, don't have a buck tag because I haven't shot a doe. So that's like a, I hate it actually. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like you're letting 130 inch deer walk because you don't have a shot of doe. Because you know, why? Why could I not shoot a doe on the opening day? All I see is bucks. So it's like 
Oh, that's a nice buck. See you later. Never see you again. Cool. So, so are you hunting in? I don't know. I was going to say it just sounds stupid, but like Bucky areas, or are you? Do you change your early season? Like, uh, I do a lot of glad, like driving and glassing to make sure there's deer in the area, and then if I, you know, see, you know, like a group of, I look for like groups of bucks. If they're, if you're seeing like two bucks, odds are like a big one. That you, I haven't, I don't see it a lot around here. You know, not saying it, it doesn't happen, but if there's like four bucks in a field and they're all like from two to the, you know, a little bit younger, there's a very good chance in, in my, you know, time driving around, there's a bigger buck sitting in the woods. Wait, you know, he's just holding back and letting the little guys do their thing before he steps out. Cause even though it's August, he knows what's going on. He knows darkness is his friend. So he's going to stick to the shadows, you know, come in that field in the far corner where you can't really see him or come in on that rise or that low part of the field where the rest of the bucks, they're not on that level yet. You know, because you can kill five bucks every year between the season. So not exactly a lot of big deer running around some season, some years, you know, it's, you know, every now and again, there'll be a lot of bucks running around. A lot of nice two and a half year olds get killed for the next two years. It's, you know, slim pickings. But I'm talking about like in the doe season, right? So what, so you go out opening day, you're all geeked up, but it's like you can't shoot a big buck anyways, unless you have a hell of a day or something. So yeah, you can shoot a doe and then call it in because you can check it in. And then I think you can shoot a buck, so you can call it in from your stand, do all that stuff you want, and then you can have your buck tag. But I can be on does, and it just never works out. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, there's this uh, old apple, you know, crab apple tree, so it's like. I went there and I, I trimmed up the vines off it a few years ago. So they're always producing. Every time I sit that, the does are just on me, no matter where I sit, like in the tree, in the ground, in a hole, you know, covered in dirt, like Arnold and Predator. Those does are like, sup? And they run away and you're like, <laughs> how? Like the wind is perfect for me. How do you know I'm here? You know, they're just, you know, they're just, I don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but we're like early season, they're so on to me. But like, come late season, I will literally sit in the bucket on the edge of the cattails and I'll have does come out 10 yards and they're looking at me and I'll draw my bow back and winter bow and shoot them. And they don't really do anything. And it's like, you would think by winter bow, you'd be like skitzed out of a human sitting on the bucket. Nope. They just don't even care. But early season, they're like, oh, not today, buddy. You're not getting a buck tag from me. <laughs> That's a deal with the bucks. Yeah, I just uh, bucks are like, hey, you see a dude, get the hell out of here because exactly. he's going to shoot you. And then he's going to yeah. shoot me. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's uh, you know, in the, in the seasons I do shoot a doe early, like the the first weekend, I just won't see a buck after that. And it's like, you know, it's because it's like you're so hard. Like, all right, the bucks are in here, but I need to shoot a doe. So it's like the week for a season, you get all like in, in doe mode. You know, like, I got to focus on the does. And you stop, you know, because I don't can't exactly be in the woods every day anymore. So it's like I start focusing on the does, and then, you know, every week the woods are changing this time of year. You know, every two weeks they're like the deer kind of changing, and so it's like, wait, where's the bucks? No, they were here. They're not here now. They they've gone somewhere else, you know, or somebody else seen them. So it's like, it just stinks, man. Like if I shoot a doe in winter bow in Jersey, I should be able to just because basically you're killing like three deer. I'm killing her. Plus the babies. I should get up 
automatic buck tag <laughs> for next year. Yeah, it's yeah like, I, I got one in the I, bank. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sh- I should be good. No. And what sucks here too, Jersey? It's like you know, people shoot spotted phones just to get a buck tag, and it's like because they just want to decrease the numbers. But I'm like, dude, that's just I'm just not a fan of that, man. I, I'm we're not starving. Like you don't need to shoot a spotted phone. Or they'll shoot a mom with a baby with spawn. With um, I'm just not comfortable with that. You know, like I've I'll see those come in, but if she's got babies and I'm a shooting her. You know, like trying to find those fifty to sixty pounders. You know, a year and a half is like impossible sometimes. It's like one mom after another and babies. You're like, nope, nope, nope. It's like, there's where's your year? Where's your kids from last year? It's like, it's like four four mama and like four babies. And it's like I I refuse to shoot a spotted fawn uh or mama babies you know it's just i don't need to me i'm not starving so so it's interesting what you said there like with the like a how the woods are changing and everything but like you said you go into doe mode and so you talked a little bit earlier when you were saying about uh, getting like the bad vibes or whatever you make a bad shot then you're out of your head and then all that stuff like how do you think that that like applies to hunting? You know, Dan Infault says like, you should be ready every second of every time to kill. And if you don't think you're going to kill there, then you need to get down and move or you need to go home or you need to go scout. And so like, do you think that that's like a real thing of like manifesting? Like, you're like, I'm never going to see a doe. Like I suck at doe hunting. And then it just. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I was talking to Bodie the other night about that. You know, it's like you, like we've all been there. Like, you know, when you're going to kill a deer, like there's some days, like I'm driving home from work and it's like, you mean that when I had those two bucks fighting underneath my stand a few years ago, it's like, I was driving home from work and I was like, I'm going to shoot a deer. tonight. Like, I just knew it. Like everything was lining up. The wind was good. You know, the, the pressure was good. Like the, the wind was steady for a few days and just looking at it. I was like, I know I'm going to shoot a deer. So I went out and it's like, boom, I shot a deer. So you definitely can be your own worst enemy. You know, and it's like you put yourself in those situations where I need to shoot a doe before I shoot a buck. So it's like I'm I'm, I'm playing both sides of the fence, and it's hard because it's like all right, I need to be where the does are, but I'm not really a doe killer. You know, like I'll, I'll kill maybe two a year. You know, I don't kill a lot of deer anymore. So it's like I need to be where the does are. But early season, you know, these bucks, the bigger bucks, like they're not really hanging with the does. So it's like I'm here, but my mind's over there, like worrying about what that buck's doing. So I'm not actually like present in the moment, you know, and maybe I'm making mistakes or like, ah, it's a doe. I can move my tree or, you know, I can just make errors. And I know that that's cost me, you know, on does and bucks, you know, especially early season, you get the fidgets, you know, you're getting comfortable, you know, in your saddle and your stand, like you're a little excited movements is thing and is big. So I need to do a better job at that. And I think, that's probably why I hunt Delaware a little bit more. Like I can just be in buck mode, you know, like it's, I can just stay in that, in that zone, you know, and I got a few spots, you know, around here, I just go out after work, you know, on a Wednesday and hope for the best, you know, once the season opens, because it's a lot, you know, I don't, I don't want to get home at 10 o'clock at night, you know, three days a week <laughs> hunting Delaware after work, you know, that would just, I'm not 20 years old anymore. You know, I can't really operate four hours sleep numerous days in a row and try to go to work and not kill myself. So, so I think one of the people like, so Greg got the pleasure 
um, of meeting the, the, the gang, but he got to hang out with Frank for a little while. And, uh, I, I think Frank and John, you know, can attest to this cause he's been with them just as much as I have, you know, Frank will go in the woods and he'll just be walking along and he'll be like, yeah, this is the one. And he'll sit there and he'll kill a deer. Like, and it's, it's, it's it's that kind of like confidence. I was thinking back to like, you know, when I killed the, I swear it's like the brother, the sibling to this one, like that day was like, I'm going to kill a deer tomorrow. Like the deer are moving. Like I know where I need to be. Like, I just need to get in there and we're going to kill something. And, but there's so many other times where it's like you fuck around for the whole day and you think like the last 15 minutes, like this is going to be it. And it's like, I think you, you know, you, you burned all your juju, you yep. know, you know, by dinking around thinking that it was only going to happen at this time instead of being like locked in or, or, or whatever, you know? And I mean, would you say like, do you, do you know anybody else like that? Or have you like experienced that? Cause I think Frank is like the, it's just a amazing. And they say, oh yeah, time in the woods or like whatever, but he, he's just so like jovial about it. Like, that's the one. Well, that's you. It's, you know, uh, you know, thinking movie Tommy Boy, you know, when he, he's because he's so nervous, he just strangles and then all that freaks out. He's not calm himself. Like you can think yourself out of a situation. You can overthink it, you know, and you're putting all this pressure on yourself. Like I, I tell people and before I killed my first, you know, like bigger deer, you know, it took me 19 years to kill 125 inch deer. And I'll never forget this kid, Rich. He killed deer all the time. He's He was kind of, like, he spent a lot of time in the woods. You know, he put time in, but it never, he never put pressure on himself. He was never like a pressure guy. And he goes, once you shoot your first one, they become a lot easier. Because you're putting all this weight and burden on you. It's like shooting 3D. You get to the target, like, I need to shoot this X. No, you need to go through your steps to shoot an X. The X is only a byproduct, like killing a buck is only a byproduct, you know, of your scouting, you know, and what you're seeing, you know, as you're adapting to what you're seeing. It's not like the end thing, you know, so if you focus on the the process, you know, you'll be a lot better. You know, like Johnny Stewart's good for that. You know, he's the same way. He goes to the woods, he'll climb up. <laughs> the story is he's like, I was up there for like 20 minutes. It's not here. I get down. You know, it's like prime time, right? Like he goes, it's not here. I know it's not here. I'm going somewhere else. And for me, I hear that. I'm like, it's the rest of November. And you're like, I was so rigid, you know, and hunting with him. Like it's kind of opened my eyes to, yeah, I can, you know, I can go in at daybreak to step, scout my way in. Like you don't need to be so <clears throat> tense and tight, you know, it's just kind of roll with the punches, so to speak. That last, That's the, the way my brother is. Yeah. Like I was thinking that too. But like the last podcast that I did, like when I, it, it was so cool sitting down with Johnny. Cause like you hear all these stories and like, I talked to him for uh, over the course of the weekend, probably like five hours. Yep. And I was like, I was like, man, I'm just probably like bothering this guy, but I just always ended up talking to Johnny. And then like, I started like walking away and he's like, so we going to do that podcast or what? And I'm like, hell yeah. yeah, we are. But I was like, trying not to be. You know, like overbearing, like, oh, this guy won't leave me alone, you know, like whatever. But on that podcast, he's like, he's like, yeah, it was like the peak of the rut. And I only had like a couple of days. So like I went in and I just ran through the woods. I literally ran for like three hours, like through the woods. He's like, I blew up all these spots, but I had to see kind of like Ernie. He's yeah. like, I had to see like where it was at because 
He's like, he's like, and it didn't, you know, the deer don't really care if you're sneaking through like a predator, the deer care, you know? And it's like, you'd never think like, oh yeah, that's what I got to do is just go in like at, you know, three o'clock, you know, peak rut and just run through the yep. woods to just to check it out. Like yep. they're like, and, oh, what's this guy jogging through here? <laughs> I don't know. He's gone. Yeah. And, you know, he, and then in order to shoot a bigger buck, like you need to be where they're at and, and like the whole like, like scouting, like if more people would look at like walking in and like so many people, like I get to that spot and they're just, you know, like a soldier and a robot. They're just going right to that spot. Like, and they're not, they're missing all of this, you know, what the deer browse on. Like I learned so much from Johnny, like the browse is paid. Like I pay attention, like traction rubs and stuff, but never what they're feeding on. And it's like, you just, you start really, and it kind of it slows you down a little bit and you start like, looking at different things you're like oh what's this little leaf they're eating this shit out of this i don't know what this is you know and it's like you'll see it somewhere else and you're like wow they're really eating it here you know like all these little small little things that add up to big things you know and guys like said johnny and andy and all these guys that are killers they have different ways of looking at things and it's their own unique way of taking all the information and, and making it work for how their brain works you know like you know, and even like Bo uh, and like Bo's dad, like like Bo's dad is just on another level. You're like, wow. And I I, I see those people. I'm like, I'm an idiot when it comes to deer hunting. Like I look at it, it's like I just must be lucky because I think I'm super, you know, methodical and stuff like that. And you meet people, it's like, yeah, I'm like a second grader, man. Like it's like I'm not even. But how I operate works for my brain. You know, like. I can't sit there and have all my self cameras, you know, numbered serial numbers and, you know, locations and like a log book. I'm just not that guy, you know, I'm, I'm methodical in my stance selection trees, like, all right, three, six high, 210 degrees. But my cameras is like, I still got like three cameras. I don't even know where they're at in the big woods by my house. They're out there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Cause they're not on the app, you know, like the, the app's like, Oh, well, it says the camera's here. And it's like, there's nothing here. And it's like, you look at the trees, you know, and the pictures and it's like, yeah, I don't know where the camera's at. So it's like, <laughs> if you never, you know, you lose service sometimes. It's like, oh, dude, I'm going to drop this pin right here because the camera's here. It's not there. So it's like, whatever, you know, maybe I'll find that camera. Maybe somebody sold. I don't know. <laughs> one of the things you said earlier, though, I think like, it's kind of like twofold. Like one, you're talking about like being so rigid and just going there. And I think, that's one of the things that's helped me is I used to think that kind of like you, right? Where like, I got a day, so I'm a busy guy. Like I got to hunt or I got to be there. And so it's like, well, what spot's going to be the best spot or whatever. And I used to get in there and I'd be like, well, this doesn't look great, but I got to hunt. And so for me, what's changed is I've been like, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else and go wander around. Even if it's the wrong wind or whatever, I'm not setting up to hunt here. And then like the hunting public, like you get to, you know, the last half hour of light and you just get to the best spot and you just sit there and, you know, you see deer or whatever, but you learn, you're learning, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you were talking about like the doe side of it too, and you were, you were saying like trying to play both sides of the fence and pay attention, like, I know that you say that you struggle shed hunting Mm -hmm. and 
that's one of the things is like every time I try to go shed hunting, like I just end up scouting and like, that's not where the deer necessarily, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, look at these tracks. Look at these rubs. Like, where were they going? What were they thinking? Like, not where are their sheds right now? Or where are they right now? I can't turn that portion of it off, you know? So like when you walk into the woods and you look at stuff like that, it's like, I I can't turn that off. Yeah, you know, it, is that the same thing? Is that probably your downfall yeah, as well? Yeah, it's you know, because you know, with the buck and the does, you know, it's like all right, because a, a buck, you know, you go in there, he catches your ground scent, like the jig is up. So it's like all right, I got to be gingerly because bucks will monitor does and the off wind of the does. So it's even in September, so you're like all right, I want to shoot a doe, but I man, it's a really good buck. I cut a big track, so you're like, I don't want to be here. But at the same time, it's like, so I'll like, I'll back out because I don't want to bump that buck. Like I should just say, well, I'm going to just kill his doe and and let the chips fall where they may. But I'm so like, I don't want to bump this buck out. Well, you know, I can't shoot a buck unless I have a buck tag you know, or a doe tag. So it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of screw myself because I start overthinking the brain's like, you know, and I get into like October mode where it's like, all right, well, I can't be in here. My ground scent, you know, it's like September, it's like, it's almost like rut hunt the first two weeks. Like it's once October comes, you know, it's a, it's a different playing field. And once November, it's a totally different playing. Field. You're pretty much like in a different, you know, world, you know, another game, if you will. So it's like September, I'm just going to just hunt, you know, try to shoot a doe and, you know, and, and get my burn a buck, you know, or just hunt Delaware. So I can just shoot a buck right off the cuff. <laughs> so does that change? Is that, I mean, is that through the whole season or is that just early season? Do you, you have to shoot a doe and, or? Yeah, end of September, like 26th, 28th, sometimes even October, our buck season will start. Okay. So you can just shoot buck, you know, and that's that's usually when I have my best success anyway. You know, there are more people are starting to come in the woods and the bucks are breaking up and they're transitioning into areas that I usually scout. Like I, I scout for a lot of October sits. So it's like that's more my bread and butter October. Like I'm more comfortable in that time frame uh, than I am September. You know, so I'm trying to get better at all aspects of hunting, you know, like the late season, you know, the rut and, you know, September and it's, it's, it's tough. Like New Jersey, we're, we got a six month season, like it's a long season. So you kind of try and, you know, make it work for you for that long, you know, what, five and a half months or season is. So you can get a lot of burnout in five and a half months of hunting, you know, so you got to be kind of selective, you know, and. There's only so many good bucks too. It's like, I want to chase. So it's like, there's no big bucks here. Or I know there's big bucks over here in November. There's big bucks over here in January. So it's like, there's a lot going on, you know? And it's a, like I said, that long season can really drain on you mentally. So have you ever killed or had encounters with bucks um, later in the year that you've had walk under you, like in September when you didn't have a tag? No. Very rarely will I see a mature buck more than once. Um, and I don't know why it, it is. And I, I wish I knew why. You know, if I don't, if I see a mature buck, if I don't kill him, I can think back. I mean, every deer I got in the wall here, I've never seen. The only time I've seen him was when I killed him. You know, uh, so like even like PA, them, them bucks, you know, it's like I see him, I kill him. You know, I don't, I'm not a guy that sees the same buck like four times a season. Um, I might get lucky, you know, every few years, like see the same buck, but never like a true, like, all right, he's a shooter. Um, I want to try and shoot this deer. Um, 
I've never been that low kind of guy for some reason. Well, I'm just thinking of it from a terms of like, here I am going to help Greg Litzinger, right? But like the way that I think about that in my head is like, you know, Zach from the hunting public, he's always like, I just need to see them. And then I know that they're there. And you're talking about early season and they shift from here to there. They're, they're moving around. And you said that, you know, it's more, um, you have more success later in like October when the bucks start to break up and the pressure kind of pushes them around. So it seems like you could, I mean, now you know that there's a good buck in the area and you've just, you know, pushed him out of there or done whatever. It's like, you can just figure out where he went next. And and I'm sure you tried that, like, yeah. but you know, yeah. not, you make it sound so easy. You're like, well, oh, he's just over there. Like, oh, I'm at him. We're <laughs> on the next bridge. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah. get it, but it just seems like for somebody who's like, um, so like serious, methodical, do all the scouting, put in all the work, like, it it would seem like you'd be like, oh man, this is this is easy. You know, yeah. there they are. I know right where he's going after yeah. he bumped. Now he's going to yeah. go over the. Yeah, because that's what over, that's what all you social media her. guys are like. Yeah, you know, like I saw him here and I knew he was going over there from all my scouting, and then I just killed him first sit. You know, and too like it, for us too for for me is is the struggle is you know like baiting's legal and there's a lot of people bait. So you know you get certain times you're like man I'm on this buck you know the track you know like. You know, I'm getting close to him. Like, you know, this track and there's a rub, you know, like, all right, you know, there's no tree. Like, all right, next hit, I'm going to go and kill him. You know, I, I got that, I got that vibe. I got that energy. You go in there, you don't see anything. You get down and there's a ladder stand in a bait pile or a camera, you know, so that there's a competition in the woods, you know, and then if I know somebody else is really hunting the area or, or dropping bait, usually I just, I just leave, you know, I, because that definitely just changes their, their pattern up, you know, initially you know they, they might come back in like two or three weeks but usually by that like it's like oh i'm like oh shiny object and i'm you know i'm i'm somewhere else you know i don't i like solitude in the woods not that i don't hunt near people but i hate seeing people in the woods you know and most people i you know, I, I do run across they're not very pleasant uh they're them guys like this is my area this is my tree this is my bait pile you know it's like mm, I didn't realize you bought that tree. Um, all right, cool. So I just try and avoid people, you know, and usually that, that's too where I, I start finding, you know, I'll have success. You know, if I'm not seeing people, I feel like I have a better chance at, at shooting uh, a buck, you know, or, or, or even a doe for that matter, you know, because I don't have to worry about what they're doing. Like, all right, if I know guys like heavily baiting, you know, same trails, I'll use him to my advantage knowing that, you know, bust on a skirt 60, 70 yards wide and maybe 100 yards wide. So I'll, I'll kind of concentrate my efforts over there, but I avoid where, you know, I'll use their trails walking in and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just, it just sounds like I'm making excuses because I probably am. <laughs> well, I think, you know, one of the things in, with us doing this, like Patreon hunt, it, it, there's a, a lot of guys that are coming in that have never hunted any public or they just don't feel comfortable like on public land and and i think what you just outlined right there is is a lot of it you know and you know there's people and i didn't realize like you know talking to walt like people down in florida like that's like generational 
Like, no, this is literally like our block of land. Like you don't get to come in here, you know, like, and so you hear all the stories and everything. And it's like, I think you have that like negative stigma, like in your head, but you know, realistically, I don't know how many times have you killed a deer or seen deer and then drug it out past somebody or, you know, walked around and, you know, there was ladder stands or tree stands. I mean, in Michigan, you can't go into the woods without finding tree stands and all that stuff. So it's like, we're the same way. It's like, Hey, look, awesome. You know, and some of the spots too, it's, you know, you're on them and for me, like I, I, I call you, know, I just slowly tightening the news, squeezing them, so to speak. So it's like, you get them, you're like, all right, I got three days. So I'm going to go here and quadrant up my way in. Like, I know he's betting in here, you know, but I want to make sure, you know, what kind of hunt from the fringes, so to speak, scout and hunt from the fringes and like the, the third day going for the kill. And you do that, you know, and then you're like, you're like, all right, he's, he's in here. And then like I said, you go in there next morning, there's like eye shine. Someone's in there with a chainsaw, you know, like after you left the wood, you're like, it's like I just spent, you know, like you know, two or three days pretty much for nothing. And it's like, cool. It's great. I love it. You know, that's, that's, that's like how I feel about one of Adam's spots. It's like, yeah, there's some good bucks in there, but I don't even want to deal with the people because I've, I hunted it like way before Adam did. And, and it's like, man, I just got fed up with the bullshit. Like, and sitting there after like what you said getting in and you kind of got some deer you know figured out or you thought you did and all of a sudden some clown comes walking in with a freaking you know bow with three different arrows and wearing a freaking greasy jumpsuit like <laughs> like dude super, you know it i get here in jersey and like there's there's a half dozen guys that i like I, I know they're trucks you know and so it's like i see what this guy something like there's like i don't know four or five guys they'll come in at daybreak like they must be afraid of the dark because they would literally come in like they'll have a headlamp on it's like i don't even know why i got a headlamp on dude like first of all you're only a couple hundred yards from where you parked your truck you know you probably you might need a headlamp and left your truck but you probably could have turned it off but like they come in literally where a buck would be kind of coming back in into bedding you know or those like feeding through like right at that like prime time and then they're like coughing and they're making noise and it's like Cool. Like last year I was found these bucks where they're scraping and eating these these oaks. And I was like, man, I'm gonna climb up in here, you know, the next morning. So I got there super early, took a long way in, did everything hard, you know. Only have some guy come in, you know, coughing like right at like daybreak on the way in, like he's like dying. And it's like it's got COVID. Like, yeah, like what are you what are you doing, man? Like, why are you out here? And he climbs up stands like king, king, king. You know, you hear him pull his crossbow up. You hear him like he's got like the crank crossbow. He's like, king, 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 king. And you're like, oh, so it's like I got up super early, did all this only to have like that happen. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, well, you know, that's just I deal with that uh, that a lot. You know, I think a lot of people in New Jersey deal with that. So in that situation, what do you do? Like. Are you waiting it out and you're like, well, he, maybe you didn't scare him all the way? Or are you like, Johnny, like, this ain't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes, I'll, sometimes I'll get down, you know. Um, but if I feel like it's a pretty solid spot or like scrapes, you know, somebody might be have a ladder stand that's like 80 yards off, you know. I'll wait them out. Usually they're 830, they're down and leaving, you know. 
So I try to wait them out so they don't know, see me get down, you know, and see what I'm hunting. You know, I, I had one guy come in last year. He came in like super early. So I, I, you know, he actually came in kind of early, but I flashed him with the light, you know, and he's like, all right, I fucking see you. And I'm like, and he literally proceeds to climb up in this, like his stand, you know, Kang, 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 all stuff. I'm like, and he's like, he goes, what? This is my tree. Where am I supposed to go somewhere else? And I'm like, dude, you're like 50 yards away from me. Like, same thing. I got there super early. Did all everything right. And it's like, so he got down at eight and he was trying to still hunt, you know, try and find me, you know? And I'm like, you know, I'm 25 feet up. You know, I got good cover, you know, and stuff. But I mean, he got within like 40 yards of me. He was up in trees, like looking, like looking for me. But I'm like, this guy's insane, you know? But it's like, what can you do? You know, it's a populated state in public. Small state. A lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like some of the spots, like the, the deer know the people there. They're, they're generational hunters. They've been hunting there forever. You know, three or four ladder stands. They try and like group it up. But those bucks know how to skirt that areas, you know, and those does know how to skirt those areas. So if it's a good area, like, I'll, all right, northwest wind, that dude's probably hunting this. The deer know this, so I'll like get like you know seven yards downwind of you know the next you know spot of thick cover, you know away from that 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 scent, knowing that scent's blowing into that across this oak flat or whatever. I was like, well, the buck does come through here. He's not going to run away. He's going to just stay in that thick cover. So I, I do that a lot, like knowing that's like all right, you're most likely hunting the northwest wind. I'm going to just go seventy yards in the nearest bit of thick cover, and you see deer. You know, it, it works pretty well. So I guess like for uh, along that like avenue, like what are you doing to avoid that situation? You've been in that situation enough times. And so John takes the approach of, well, I'm just not hunting there. <laughs> um, like do you, when you say like, okay, well, I'm going to hunt these three days or like whatever. Wait, not only does that happen, then you go in with Adam and let him, you know, lead with the GPS and let, once again, you know, the ZZ Tops, you know, yeah. symbol on the GPS. We walk in, you know, two miles to a three-quarter mile stand. Yeah. <laughs> but he could have killed a buck that day. He was at full draw on a decent buck. Yeah, decent buck. So, I mean, it wasn't all for naught. We just didn't take you – know, that's how I avoid people is I – keep it mixed up you know they, and there they was, never know where there, there was, was a guy, there was a guy yeah, going, where he's going. <laughs> yeah the guy's like what the hell are these clowns doing he killed, like, he killed the doe yeah, that morning he, too. Yeah, he killed the doe that morning that's probably why those deer came Scared down around, around that way yeah like for me it's uh you know like i was talking to bell about this too like you know, it's you can't get upset when you run into people like a deer doesn't smell a human and then like go running for the next county you know they just Take that, you know, information, you know, and process it and go into the next, you know, they, they, they don't really, their day is not necessarily interrupted. They have to slide, they have to keep moving. So those moments, it, it sucks. But like I said, you just got to keep rolling with the punches. All right, there's people there. And then like, if I see somebody get down, like, because I do a pretty thorough job of scouting, you know, I, I mark, you know, this is great, you know, having all these apps and, you know, stuff on the computer, like, you can see where the stands are. You know, it's like I do a very good job of scouting. If I see stands, I mark it, you know, the purple, you know, so I go in, you know, and it's like if I'm hunting area and somebody comes down, you know, 
I don't hear the climber or hang on getting set up. It's like, all right, there's a, a stand I missed. So I go, you know, I look for that stand. And usually you see, because there's a stand and there's a cart path going through their stand usually. So it's like, all right, how's this person using this? All right, because this is really good. You know, these bucks do come through here, these does feed through here, so the bucks might come through. It's like, all right, this person, he's hunting here a lot because there's a trail worn down, you know, there's, there's fresh eye shine or whatever. So I'm like trying to use their pressure and access and exit to my advantage, you know? So it's like, I'm not going to like completely ban an area because, well, you know, they're probably not going to shoot a buck, but I can shoot a buck there. You know, even like with betting, you know, especially during the rut, bucks betting off does, you know, the does are coming into an area they're feeding or someone's baiting, you know, and the does are coming in, then bucks are just hanging out. So I'll just find the next bit of thick cover and like hunt there for, you know, a sit or two. So I think one of the things that we like kind of take for granted too, and and I don't mean it in like a necessarily like a positive way, but like you go into an area and you think like I'm this is this is this is great, you know, nobody else is hunting here, this is mine, you know. And like for every one of those cart paths and tree stands and like at least in Michigan and John's seen it like firsthand, like there's guys that are just like us, you know, that, that we're putting all this information out there and like, you know, you're not finding, you might find some marks on a tree where my sticks were there or whatever, or you get to a tree and you're like, son of a bitch. Like someone's been in this tree, but you know, you're in, you're in, they're doing all the same work that, that you're doing. I mean, John went to this spot that was nasty, nasty. And then there's guys with hunting beast stickers on their truck and they got the lone wolf, uh, climbers and stuff. And he's like, all right, you know, you're you're doing your homework, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, I had a, a spot last year, I, I put a camera out and I went in there and it's, there's a three or four day window, you know, and it's like, sometimes it's before Halloween, sometimes it's after, you know, it's like really a, like a crap shoot in the last, I don't know, eight or 10 years. It's like, you have to be there and try to get a few sits in. You, know, you get, you get a, usually a good idea if you go in and I try to go in now like mid-October because usually if that scrapes open mid-October, it's going to be before Halloween. You go in there, you know, October 20th, and this, this big scraping area is kind of dormant or it's going to be after Halloween. But I put a camera on this scrape and I went in and nothing happened in mid-October. So I never got a chance to go back there because, you know, wife got sick uh, with COVID there. So my, my two-week vacation, I was pretty much home. And I pulled the car, the, the camera in January and there was... Um, uh, put this politely so people don't people that follow this guy they might not get get offended but it was two dudes that wanted to be Cody D'Aquisto he was like the beard the long hair the flannel you know everything the you know everything that he does and, and wears and rocks and does like they were doing and they were you know and I remember like driving to work one morning seeing this this truck. And uh, they were from not around here. They were from a surprise. They, they, they must have been like in a, in a shutdown somewhere working, you know, I, I guess. But they were going through this area, you know, like, oh, all right, you know. And I had another instance in the another section of woods, two guys, same thing, going through. They, they hunted the snot out of this place for like three days, you know. And it's like, 
I've been hunting there a long time and how they hunted it is how I used to hunt it in high school going in. And it's like, it's wrong. <laughs> it's like wrong, you know, doesn't work, but you know, I, I give them credit for trying, you know, like they, they went in there. It's like, cause the buck sign's there, but how that buck comes into that piece is not how the sign's laid out. The buck is very, he's a hammer of a buck, you know? And it's like how he comes in there. He's like, man, all this buck signs here. That buck comes in, like does this giant loop goes this way. Everybody thinks he's coming out, you know? And it's like, but I applaud them for what they were trying, you know? But without that, without that camera, I mean, you, you'd have thought like, I got the place myself, you know, like nobody's been in here. It's, you know, and, and with all this mobile hunting, you know, gear, the, everything's improving. And I think these damn podcasts telling people. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the, but the apps too. I mean, your, your brother's run into that places where he'd never seen anybody in years finds a guy hunting in one of these like super remote areas. And he's like, well, how did you find it? And he's like, well, I just looked on Onyx and I walked back here and he like took the longest possible, most like, you know, difficult a, way to get in there. But there, there, there's a big dynamic shift in that. Uh, the competition the level of competition has, has risen. When I was hunting the salt marsh, like I was riding the canoe in and stuff like that. Like before I had my daughter, like, some sketchy shit to get out in the, the, some of these islands. And I remember going out, I, you know, tree was perfect to catch the tide in. And I remember sitting it, you know, in the early season, like nothing. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back in there for a morning sit in, in November, you know, and hopefully catch a buck, you know, maybe come back there with a doe. So I get in there, get in the dark, I'm set up in the tree, like kids light. I'm looking at the tree next to me. I'm like, oh, mother, and it said stick marks. And a fucking screw and bow hanger thing. I was like, dude, like, and I, so when I got down, you know, they got wear chest weight and stuff like that. You know, it's like no boat motor. It wasn't a boat motor. The dude took a canoe in there. I see where, you know, he kind of came in, but pretty much on the same island, like doing what I was doing. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, and I'm like, all the shit I put out there. I was like, somebody that heard, maybe heard something. I'm like, dude's like, follow me around. And then last year, I, come up on this rub line, took the long way in, you know, and I set up, I set up kind of early. It was like a, it was like a rainy day. So like, I'm going to go set it just to kind of count, you know, walk my way in in the dark through the, the long way through the swamp. So I get a tree set up. I knew I probably wasn't going to see a deer or especially a buck. It was kind of, it was too early. So I go back, you know, October 25th or something. And I'm sitting in the tree and same thing. And like, I look over and I was like, what the fuck? And it's like, there's a fucking screw hole like right there. And I'm like, this dude was literally like in a tree, like I could touch. He was like, he was literally hunting the same spot. And I was like, oh, all right. So the competition has definitely increased and you got to be able to adapt to that pressure. You know, uh, that's going to be, you're going to see a different breed of hunter, I guess, coming out with all the stuff, you know, technology, like especially with the stands and stuff like that and podcasts and, and videos and people like me, Andy and, and Johnny putting all this information out. Somebody's going to take that information. Cause I remember, you know, 15 years ago when I get into hunting real heavily, you know, all the mistakes and all the dumb stuff I was doing, but now there's a whole nother, you know, batch of people coming in. So there's going to be people that are making mistakes now in 10 years, you'll probably have on your podcast, you know, cause they're going to start figuring things out that works for them. Well, it's funny. Like, I don't think I, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. I think it was somewhere else, but 
Cody Rich said, like, every time there's an uptick in something, like, there's something else that gives. So that creates, like, an opening, right? And so that might be, like, those, you know, dating the fat chick close to the road spots or, like, you can it, it, you, you see it with elk hunting, like where everybody wants to go way back in. Now the elk are by the yeah. road or like, you know, the, these animals aren't stupid. The deer still have to live and, you know, circumvent human pressure and, and human existence. But like my point was, is like you can go in and you can get this pristine place and you're like, oh, my God, the sign's here. Nobody's in here. I haven't seen a ladder stand. I haven't seen anything. And then, you know, what you're what you're dealing with, you know, there, there's guys like us you know, that are out there. And that's, what's crazy is like the spot where John and I went and, and scouted and I've hunted there a few times. Like I put up a cell cam, I was running cell cam for two years, never hunted in there, but, but one time I felt like I was doing it right. Right. So I'm getting Mm -hmm. pictures, I'm logging the pictures. I'm like, okay, what are the dates? You know, everything. And then last year, like here comes, I get a dude on my camera, like, October 20th or something like that. And he walks by and he's got a stand and then he walks back by and then he sees the camera, you know? (laughs) And then I go in there and he's like literally in the tree that I would have, that I have marked from two years ago when I walked in there and like, that's where the stand is. And I'm like, well, you know, but it was a, you know, kudos to him, you know, and that's when you brought up the, the pushback when something, you know, uptick something gives, you know, like the public land, is a it's it's the hot thing right now because you look at 10 years ago's tv outfitters managed land well that becomes it's unreasonable for a lot of people you know so now you're getting the people that are coming losing their leases or they can't afford their leases anymore and now with the youtube the hunting public and, and you know the hunting beasts all that stuff so now there's a, a a switch back in the public land and you're seeing there's some really good hunters now a lot more on public land because you know maybe they lost their lease or they want that challenge you know so competition has definitely gotten fierce in some spots you know especially in a populated state it's not like the midwest you know it's a it's a different breed of animal you know from what i read and, and, and see but like you have to keep evolving as as a hunter you know like the deer they're constantly evolving you know like joe rentmeister had posted something about bucks watching parking lots he sees that a lot more now you know it's like let's just you know evolutionary tactic to survive like i'm gonna watch where people go so i know where all right everyone went this way well i'm going this way you know it's like it's just something that evolved you know to, to stay alive and we need to you know follow suit you know and i don't necessarily hunt to eat you know uh to survive so to speak but i do hunt you know, for the thrill of it, you know, and, and to test my metal, you know, against, some, you know, larger, smarter animal animals. That's what you're calling the guy with the crossbow and the ladder stand and the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Competing against the larger, smarter animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like that, it's, you know, I think a lot of people get, people want to be a public land hunter, you know, they, they you know, I think a lot of people have don't fully understand like the the stuff they see on YouTube. YouTube is like some of the, the bigger names. It's almost like TV. These guys are hunting five, six, seven days a week. You know, that's all they do. Right. They see people like, oh, it's so easy to go out to public land and I just see a big bucks. These dudes are working their tail off 
right. on a regular basis to see those deer show. Yeah, it's on public. You know, like I know a couple of old timers that only hunt in November, but they're getting up there in AIDS. Like they already have so many, you know, they can't hunt the heat or the extreme cold. So they save all their energy for Halloween, you know, in the month of November. And they hunt from the ground with longbows and they kill monsters on public out in salt marsh, stuff like that. Like they, they're, they've been doing it for a long time. And I met them kind of became friends with them, you know, and, and learned a lot from these guys that have been doing it a long time, killing big deer. And you, you, you got to respect what they do, you know, and they respect like how I go about it, you know, cause I'm just a new version of what they are, you know? So. Yeah. For all like, for that 20 minute video that they go in and kill, they probably hunted 20 days just to get the footage on that steady. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like the hunting public last year, wasn't it? They had like a real, like they bad, barely bad had year, any yeah. kills, but you know, they hunted every freaking day, you know, yeah. like they're yeah, going from state to state to state, hunting, 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 hunting. And, you know, they had a couple good kills, but nothing like, like the year before when they killed all those deer on, you know, on the ground and, that's like, I mean, you're a fisherman, you know that like some years, like you, you can't catch fish, save your life. You're just like chomping a winder for nothing. And other years, it's like, they're like jumping in the boat oh, yeah. the same way. You know, you're like, it's feast or famine almost when it comes to, you know, public like duck hunting. I got friends that are big duck hunters. Some years they just, I mean, smash ducks. Other years, like they're going out there and like, you know, nothing's happening for them. That's just, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Right. Well, when you say like people want to be public land hunters, like, like I, you know, I feel like it's just like mostly public, but I've been like challenging myself to go to different areas, you know? And like, that is where like, I feel like brand new, like rookie. Like I don't have, I mean, I like like finding new sign and figuring it out, but like I went to a spot like a week ago for this like Patreon hunt and I was in like this freaking grass or whatever, like stinging nettles, like, like kind of like the Dan Infall video where he got his camera still or whatever, like up to my nipples, like just walking through, like looking on the, the app, like I need to get through here. And I'm like looking around and I'm like, I could be lost. Like, this is terrible. Like nobody knows where I'm at. The deer flies are terrible. Like, this oh. is awful. Like, this is terrible, you know? Yeah, but then I'm like, fun. Oh, look there. And, and it's like, I'm looking for, for buck sign. Right. But I'm like, man, there's really big poop right there. Like there's some good tracks. Like there's deer in here. Like, where are they at? So like, you push in further and you push in further and you're like, I'm so stupid. Like this is, I may never come back in here. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's like the public land stuff that like nobody shows you. Right. Well, dude, like, you know, when I was really dialed in and everything like, 100% hunting and, and big buck mentality. I was shooting one deer a year. It was a six, I think, what, six years in a row, six out of seven or whatever. But I literally seen pretty much one buck and I killed it. And people were like, oh, you're shooting all those big bucks. I'm like, dude, I literally hunted from September. I shot my deer, you know, say October 20th. I, you know, and I used to, you know, there was 20 hunts from there to there. I seen one buck or two bucks, you know, and it's like, and the month of November, I didn't see shit. December, nope. January, nope. So it's literally all that and all the scouting. I literally had a one opportunity at a buck. It wasn't luck. It was like 
is awful. Like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's terrible. And it's like, I don't recommend, you know, like my method of hunting to anybody because it's like, it's more misery than, than, than pleasure. But I enjoy that, you know, that, that challenge that, that comes with it, you know, and, and even now, like you see, you know, speaking of trends, I guess, like scrape hunting, I was out, was it last Sunday or Sunday before or whatever. And I never see cameras and scrapes worked over at all, ever in this section of woods in the last 10 years. I ran across three cell cameras with scrapes that people had on, you know, here at the beginning of August. Never seen that because you see that on social media now, like it's scrapes, 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 scrapes. Like I've always used scrapes. I just never really talked about it, you know, because it's like there's just some things you just don't want to, you know, because, but. <laughs> there's a lot of scrape people running cameras on scrapes. Like this year, this piece of woods, like, I don't know what it's going to do because it's, it's new. Like I've never seen it. So it's like, it's definitely going to change how those deer are, are rotating in and out and moving. So it's like, all right, when I go in there, am I hunting pressure beds, pressure spots, you know, it's cause it's like, it's kind of open, you know, and they, they, they do scrape in there like every year, late October, it's like prime scraping area. Now it's like people running cameras, you know, in August and it's like, all right, that's going to be interesting. You know, that's going to be something different. To so you're going to have to evolve and change your tactic to yeah. kill the deer in that area. Yeah. But see, like, I feel like, you know, you say like, ah, I'm not a good rut hunter. Like I'm, I feel like I'm a good rut hunter because it's easy to find deer. Like if you, if you can find a deer, you can generally see a buck. Now it might not be the buck that you're, you're hunting, right? But like when I go into a new area, like I don't really care about like what you're talking about, like uh, 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 like, I, and I feel like this is something that's like way like overlooked or not talked about. Like from that same perspective is like when I go into an area in my first sit or whatever, like if I have a deer in bow range, like it's a win. It's not like, yeah. Oh, I didn't see like that buck or like whatever. It's like, I, I just picked a tree in the middle of the woods, you know, and there is a deer like, but those days like where you don't see deer and you don't see deer over and over and over, like, that's where it's like the hardest part, you yeah. know, cause like, it's fine. Like all that stage hunting in that quadrant and put pressure around. Cause you're like, okay, well I'm going to push in. Like you sit down and you're like, I saw a deer like move through there just, I saw his back or like, you know, so now we're going to move we got to go check that out and see why were they over there and then, you know, figure it out. But it's like, when you go in and you're like, you're solid on a spot and you're not like, Oh, this is going to suck. Or like, this isn't the day or this isn't the spot. You're like, this is the best spot in this area. And you don't see shit. It's like yeah. the most disheartening. And then you've got that freaking in the dark up and down bullshit walk out. Like walk of shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's too, you know, it's like last year, hunting the big woods, like I got my butt kicked and I was in the right place just at the wrong time, like all season long. And I got so like, so I told myself I'm not hunting anywhere else. And that was a mistake because I like to bounce around a lot because it keeps things fresh for me. Like oh, some salt marsh, some cattail swamps, you know, like I, I like a variety of hunting and I stuck with this big woods and I got so I don't say angry, but like almost like said defeated. It's like going in there, it's like 
get you know super early take long way in and it's like nothing so i was like i i need a break so i went to the, the salt marsh and first morning boom i had 130 inch deer you know coming at me i just couldn't get a shot you know uh but it's like i needed that change because it almost like invigorated me to like go back into the the big woods there like i was like all right i i, I can see deer like i know what i'm doing you know it's like and i went in there and like you know and then my wife got sick and it was like i did go out once and had you know uh a deer at like five yards you know a nice seven pointer at five yards looking back now i probably should have shot him and i was like ah, i'm not gonna shoot him and i regret not shooting him because <laughs> it was pretty much the only shot opportunity i had all season long you know he was like five yards like i got winded by Adele, and it was like a dinner bell and that buck like november 12th or something coming run right to me and it was like i i could have shot him like 30 times and i was like ah, i want something bigger and that was literally my only opportunity at a buck and i was like cool yep but that's just hunting you know so like from from that standpoint like what are your goals this year like as you look like down the pipe like for me like i don't know that i said it on the podcast maybe i did but like i'm gonna go like on a killing spree like the first deer that walks out and i and it always happens like it's like a four point or it's a spotted fawn yeah and then it's like, what do you do? You know, but I'm just going to kill deer this year. Like I'm just, cause th- last year there were so many deer that I didn't kill. And then I hit one bad and didn't find it. And then like, then it was like, okay, well I'm just going to kill some deer and everything went wrong. Like I was drawn back, like, I don't know, four or five times on different does and whatnot. And it just, Every time was wrong on the ground, in a tree, you know, after like right at last light, like everything was just, and there are so many times like going before I went elk hunting, there were deer that I let walk because I was like, oh, you know, I'm going elk hunting, you know, I don't need that. And then when it got back into like the good part of hunting, it was like, everything was shit. And this year from, well, from the get. Yeah. Like last year I lost my freezer. Um, we have work done in the basement. So I lost a whole freezer full of deer meat. Uh, what was it? In what, October, I think it was. And like, right, like prime time, you know, of, of hunting. And it usually is like, I'll get a doe early season, you know, when I can, or, or maybe two, you know, if I'm lucky, you know, in, in like mid October. So I lost all my deer meat and didn't shoot a deer last year. So like this year, it's like, I got to restock that freezer. So, um, I'm definitely going to shoot, you know, I'll be a little trigger happy this year. You know, my goal is to try and put three deer on the ground um, and maybe a bear if I go to PA. Um, but I think that's a reasonable goal. Instead of, and I'm hunting the big woods and, and I'm, I'm going to hunt the time frames that I know work best for me. You know, like I'm a, a mid-October. I, I, I see a lot of bucks in mid-October, always have. For the last 30 years, it's been a good the 15th to the 21st. I see a lot of bucks. So I'm going to focus a lot of time, energy in the, in the woods there. But I got a few dead spots, like end of September. Unless I see a buck, visual see a buck you know, in a field, probably not going to spend a lot of time in the woods. You know, um, do some chores around home, spend some time with the family, you know, and and really give myself those three, three to four day blocks and hunt. For three or four days you know i'm going to take one of my vacations i'm going to break it up uh so i got three days you know and then i can 
just hunt those three days because well, you know your family i have a week off of work it's like i'm gonna hunt a week straight five six seven days straight i got kids and wife i can't hunt you know seven days especially around here because i feel guilty it's like oh i gotta do i can do this and do this so for me i'm gonna take and uh, you know, told my wife you know the, the three-day window when i'm off for three days like i'm gonna hunt for three days i'll maybe i'll be back for lunch maybe i won't but i'll be away for three days pretty much don't count on me to be here sorry not sorry you know <laughs> and then you know and i think that way i can focus strictly on hunting when i'm in the woods not like hey i should be doing something or uh, i gotta go to the dump or oh, we need to go food shopping you know i'm gonna try and plan out my hunts with the little blocks where i see deer historically see deer and the give those three days, give everything I have for those three days. And then nothing happens, go back to work or, you know, finish out the vacation, build stuff around the house and wait for the next three day window and, and give it all my all. Cause it's not like elk hunting, you know, it, it's like, it's not like, go to Johnny's. It's even like Johnny's and Allegheny. It's like four days is like my limit to be really in on whitetails. Cause you go all in, like kind of spent after four days. Like it's tough, you know, you start making mistakes, you, you know, I, I gotta get home. I gotta do stuff. You know, so I'm gonna keep it short and then really focus in that short time frame. How about you, John? Well, I'm just gonna probably kill the first thing I see because I only could be able to hunt like the the one weekend with the Patreons, pretty much. <laughs> if I'm lucky to that for that. So, who who builds a house during hunting season? It's kind of like getting married, like. October 4th. Yeah. <laughs> Which he did. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, why don't you just have some kids like, you know, right November, like you. Oh, yeah. October 9th. Well, my son's birthday is October 9th. So, so I did invite him. I'm like, hey, he's going to college this year. This is his first year. He just graduated high school. And I talked to him like, hey, going to be able to hunt this year? He's like, yeah, I think I'll be able. I'm like, so I said, how about you come up for your birthday? We're going to go up to the Patreon hunt. So I'm gonna set up a, I'm gonna set up a new bow for him, like one of my old bows probably. But uh, the deal was he was supposed to kill a deer with his original bow, but he's kind of out, you know, pretty much outgrown it. It's a kid's bow, <laughs> and he's darn near as big as me. So, well, Greg, what we need you to do is kill a bunch of deer early so that all that that time's there and then you can come to Michigan for three or four days and you'd be like, like you can see what real public land hunting is like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> come down to the pine marriage. You'd be like, wait, deer living here. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want to mess with the, uh, the crabbers or none of that. Like I don't no, need to be chopped up and talk, fed. Yeah. Fed yeah. The... <laughs> pine barrens is a, uh, is a, is a tough, interesting place to hunt. Little deer and, a lot of pressure, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I feel good about the season, you know, even though I'm not where I want to be shooting wise, like I said, I, I think cause even like look, looking back you know, before I had kids and before I was a single, like I was very like disciplined, like I was a weekend warrior, but my weekends consisted of hunting. That's all I did. Like I didn't do nothing else. I, I didn't plan anything else. Like from, you know, October to the end of November, I just hunted every weekend. That was my plan. So I was very good at it because I didn't allow the outside world to get in, interfere with that. You know, I can keep that mindset. So I think going forward now with kids and stuff, my little, my little block idea is going to pay off. I think, I think I'll have a lot of success doing that. 
know, well, at least in my, in my mind, it's like, it's going to be amazing. And then I'll get out there and probably be like a catastrophe, you know, but <laughs> it'll be, I'll go down with the heel, go down burning, screaming, burning, kicking. At least you'll be out there. Yeah. Not building the house. <laughs> I might be, I might. So there are deer, you know, the turkeys, the deer all like, I actually like the house is right on a nice runway. So I go. might be able to have my uh, saddle on like a beam or something, <laughs> you know. It's not a dwelling yet, so it's just a big, sure, yeah. it's just a big shack. Yeah, <laughs> shooting shack. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying earlier you just got that new latitude platform. I mean, obviously, yeah. completely biased. You're with the latitude guys. You can't say anything bad about it. But like, which one did you get, and what do you think? The X one. Yeah. Um, it's like first time sitting in ATA because like I'm a ring of steps guy. Like that's where I found comfort in saddle hunting and mainly because of my knees. Like once I figured out like ring of steps allows me to keep my knees and ankle in a more neutral position, so to speak. I don't move a lot. I seen a lot more deer, you know, and I was a lot more comfortable in the saddle. So when I seen their design, I was like, so I bought last year, I bought the, the wild edge battlement and it was narrow in the tree, but why? Like it was, nice a little bit better than a little bit wider than the the tethered uh, platforms i was using and i like that but it still was even worse because now because i'm coming i'm a sitter so my knees would be on a tree but my ankles like it was just a terrible angle for my ankles and my knees i was always fidgety so i got the ring steps i was like man sit on almost straddle a tree like a motorcycle i was like this is comfortable and when i seen their platform next wing i was like I remember Alex showing me, and I was like, so I seen it, and I was like, Bing. I was like, man, that is awesome because of how I sit, how I'm, I'm comfortable. And then actually being in it, you know, at, at ATA and then at, at Toronto Johnson, I think I sat in the saddle, like I probably messed up a bunch of sales, like me and Aaron up. I think I sat in the saddle for like 45 minutes just leaning on it and talking to Alex and Kevin, but it was just like, this is just, super comfy you know how i sit in the saddle and it's like and with two ring of steps you know plus that platform i i think i'll have a i'll have fun this year using it yeah it's just yeah. A, a different design you know it's completely different than what everybody's doing you know and not to like like a, a selling sounds like a salesman but they took the platform idea and spun it around almost and i think you you're probably going to see other people come out with something very very similar um because the a lot of people that i put in in platforms like they don't like them you know like a lot of guys were old saddle hunters and like like they like the ring of steps the screwing steps like they're comfortable with that you know and so i think it's going to make some other companies kind of rethink their platform ideas yeah and i i would agree with you there like I, I'm not a platform guy, and I looked at it, and I'm like, nah, whatever. Yeah. And then you stand on it, and you're like, all right, I get it. Like, it is it is like one of those things where you stand on it, and you're like, okay. And my yeah. biggest thing is, like, if I'm going to, like, carry something up and I have to set something else up, and, like, that pursuit platform, that little polymer molded one you know i got one of those and it flexes all over and you can't stand up straight on it yeah so 
it's like if I'm going to carry something up the tree, have something else to fiddle around with, like I better get some sort of benefit out of it and I need to be able to stand up straight. Like if I'm going to go through all that and that's the thing is like, I think that's one of the things that they did really well is with the design of it and allowing you to still stand up comfortably. There's enough surface area there, even though there's that negative space, your boots can cross over and stand up. You can stand up just on the one part, but when you do put your, your feet out like to the sides, you're like, okay, this is a bit more comfortable. Yes. And that's my gripe with the, the ring steps is especially when it's cold. Cause I like a long walk in, I got to change my, I hate, I got no problem changing my socks on the ground, but if you're hunting like swampy marsh, you can't really change your socks on the ground or you have to go up in the, in the tree. And for me, it's like trying to change my socks, like on a ring of steps or get chains up in a ring of steps. Like it's tough. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to hold the boot, like, hold the your stinky ass rubber boot in your mouth you're like trying to take off socks you know like you're pushing out and it's like and i, and I wanted to try like i did try the out of out on a limb angled platform with the ring of steps and it was same thing it was angled you couldn't stand up and then i brought the the wild edge uh battle one out with the ring of steps and that was great but i'm like well all right that's that's a heavier stand ring of steps it was like that's not doing me any purpose it's not doing me any good you know it's like so it's the best of both worlds. I think it's super lightweight, you know, it does not going to take up a lot of space. And, you know, I was just like I said, messing with it. And it's just, it's a cool design. And it, believe it or not, I was up looking at it and the way it's designed it, it's like almost camouflage, you know, like you look at it, you know, it's like the way it's designed, it don't look like a platform or a tree stand. Like it just looks different in a tree. You know, I was like kind of looking up in the, in the air. I'm like, that just looks different you know so deer that are used to like that standard you know platform design like those and bucks are pretty smart to go up so you know maybe it helps break out you know the, the boot outline a little bit more or, or the you know allows that people to get that limb you know because you can push back on those you know the, the handlebars there i guess you call them so you look more like a limb if you're a human you know almost like a ring of steps yeah when you mentioned changing your socks i was putting freaking hand warmers or boot warmers in my boots in missouri and it was like negative one degrees it was freaking terrible and i was on the that artisan outdoor fabrication like deck of cards platform and so i'm like literally on one foot like Yeah. Uh, and like, it's like at that point, if you drop your boot, like now you have to climb down and it's so cold and like your, all your sticks are sharp and all that stuff, like on your bare foot. It's yep. like you, you have like one chance. Yeah. <laughs> like, and even like with the ring steps, cause I use the, I just use the over booties from whatever I've had them for know, like 20 years, but put them on, even put them on because you got to like climb down. It's like, it's just, it's not very comfortable trying to do it like at an angle, like one at a time. And it's like, it's just be so much simpler to just be able to stand on, even like one leg, you know, stand on the flat with one foot and then like a ring of step, you know, on the ring step with the left and just work on the left boot basically and be able to like set it there and like have a flat working surface. I think it's going to, I can see a lot of uh, advantages to it versus, you know, a standard, you know, platform. Cool, man. John, you got anything else or? No. It's always good to catch up with you, Greg. Yeah, man. It's, it's fun. Um, 
So, so where can people follow along with your uh, antics, your hijinks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, YouTube uh, and Instagram. Oh, Dean, you can search my name, Greg. You know, it comes up. I was actually looking at I don't really understand the analytics of YouTube. I look at it I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm reading or looking at. I don't really pay enough attention to it. But I was like, the guys at work, they found me. So they all sort of found me. So they always like, you, that shield's like, yeah, that's me. Like, I, cause I keep at work, it's, it, it's work. If we're not like, I keep it separate, you know? And uh, one guy's like, people search your name. I was like, I guess. So he searches my name and he goes, holy shit. You have all this stuff. I was like, uh, you feel weird about that? I was like, kind of, I guess that is weird. You search my name, all the stuff comes up. I'm like, I never searched my name before, but I was like, oh, what? okay. Like, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of personal information there. All right, cool. Like, all the, all those rap sheets and like the Ford yeah. man stuff is way down now. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. Like, hey, look, don't mind what I did, yo, in circa 96. You, know? <laughs> you had to do something to get, you know, yeah, muddy it up a little bit. Oh, this dude, he's just a hunter. You know? Yeah, all that other stuff way in the background. That's why the, the and even like the one guy at work was like, So you're covering tattoos and you're like a hunter. I was like, Yeah, he goes, Well, were you hunting for the tattoos? I was like, Yes, I've been hunting for a long time. He goes, Why the tattoos? I was like, I like tattoos. <laughs> he goes, Were you like the first one? I was like, I don't know. He goes, I don't see many hunters with tattoos. I was like, don't worry, they're in now. He goes, Well. You're old, so you were probably long before this. I was like, "Thanks, buddy." That just makes me feel so good. He's, he's like, "You're like 45." I'm like, "God." Well, that's like when I first heard like your name. So like when it was like the bed hunting stuff, it was like Greg Litzinger, Dan Infall. So you talk to Dan Infall, you look at Dan Infall, you know, and you're like, "You're like okay, you know, like middle aged guy, like you know, killed a lot of deer, like from a different era, you know." And then I'm like. Greg Litzinger and I'm like, what the fuck? Adam, like, I remember Adam telling me like, he's like, dude, I looked up Greg or whatever. And he's like, you're never gonna believe what. Like, this guy looks like a, a thug or something. <laughs> like tattoos, like like a skater or something. <laughs> it's, uh, I know it's 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 just weird, you know, like uh, how everything like played out. Because I never intended this. Like, I I don't hunt like. You know, I can delete social media and like I'm still gonna go chase big deer, you know. But like the Dan Info, like to be like my name and his name are like like synonymous or a lot of like topics. And dude, I don't, I don't, I'll never be on that guy's level, you know. Like that dude's a whole monster, different monster, you know. Like he eat, breathes, sleeps deer, and he has a lot longer than you know, probably as long as I've been alive, you know. So it's like it makes me uncomfortable sometimes because like, Hey, and it's like, I'm not there. You know, like I would love to be there. It'd be cool to be like, have the deer that he's killed. You know, it's like, I have, I don't have one deer in the record books. Kind of like nice deer, but not one is going to make record books. <laughs> well, I think like it's, I, I don't know. It, it's a different like uh, approach. Right. So like for me, be like world's worst bow hunter right well I'd, I'd imagine there's people out there that are worse but you know i've killed some deer but <laughs> you know it's like i always say like i feel like deer hunting is like 
or like I say like bucks are like boats, right? It's like somebody's got more money, somebody's got more time, you know, somebody you they can go and kill one on a ranch. Like you can buy like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar center console and you're gonna be like, This is the greatest boat ever and you're gonna pull it out into like one of the lakes around us and then somebody with like a 40 foot yacht is going to come by you. And then somebody else is going to come by with like a bigger boat, you know? So, and it's the same thing. And like, like you said, like there's going to be some dude with a crossbow and coffin. He's going to kill a freaking hammer, you know? Yeah. And you just killed the biggest deer. Like this, this deer's going to make the book, you know, and you bring it in there. And then you got old, you know, Randy, with the yeah. crossbow, who's like, who's Brandy like, I, the crossbow hunter. I just, I Sorry, just, Randy. I just lit, I just lit up my smoke, and then there he was, you know. That's too like, uh, like crossbows illegal in Jersey, and that that definitely changed because a lot of gun hunters that didn't really bow hunt are are bow hunting now. So there's a lot more people in the woods in November than there was ten years ago. So like the. I like the hunter recruitment that people talk about. Like, I don't, I don't see the decline in hunters. I see an uptick in hunters near Jersey. Um, I see less full-time gun hunters and I see more full-time hunters that dabble on both, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, I guess crossbow is good in, in a sense, but I think personally they should have to buy a permit to use it. Uh, I think a $25 permit is, is fair because they can, those ravens, like my buddy's got a raven, but he's not a very good shot with anything. <laughs> he can hit a pie plate at like 85 yards. And I'm like, like, that's not even fair. Like, that's not fair. You know, it's like, that's like cheap, you know, but it's like, that's, it is what it is, I guess. You know, I guess the longboat and recurve shooters say that about compound shooters, but it's like 85 yards of pie plate with broadheads. It's like, yeah, a lot of big deer can go with crossbows, you know. Well, and that Raven guy, you know, he's got a $2,500 crossbow. Like, he can spend 25 bucks on a permit, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Just if you said he had, eight. like, a $180 Barnett or something, yeah. like maybe he's, you know. Exactly, you know. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, hunting, it, it's fun, you know, and watching the, the changes and how things are, are, what direction things are going on. It's, it's cool that I'm in that mix and some things, you know, like, like my daughter, she sees stuff like this, or she sees me, you know, my stepdaughter. Like, it's cool that, um, you know, I won't say a celebrity or whatever, but I'm known, you know, outside of my little town, you know, and I, I like it sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't, you know, but it is cool being part of it, you know, and looking back in 10 or 15 years or even 20 years, it's like, yeah, I was there. Like, I was in there, you know, and, who knows where hunting will be, you know, if we're allowed to hunt or even own guns at that point, who knows, you know, but it's, it's a cool stamp knowing that I'm, I was part of something, you know, uh, the social media wave of, of hunting. Well, I think like at like our, uh, cookout there at TAC, you know, when you talk about that, like that was really cool. And I, I'd imagine like for you, it had to have been like super cool yeah. because like there's guys like Aaron and, and Andy and like, you know, some of the other guy, Kevin, like where you talk to him on the phone or like you see him like through this, but then like you go up and like, you don't even have to be like, like, Oh, Hey, I'm 
Greg, like whatever, like you can just get right into like talking yep. about like yep. all the same stuff that you'd be talking about anyways. But these guys like understand what they're talking about. They're not like, like, so what kind of corn do you use? Like, where'd yeah. you get like, must've yeah. been beets. That's a really big one, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that's uh, like, uh, Aaron's buddy, like Riley, like Don, like, uh, he, like me and I, him and I hit it off like pretty well. Cause it was like, a lot of similarities you know the time frames of hunting it was like wow you know it's like when i came out with hunting beds in the morning in october you know even when i started like putting stuff out on like social media and some of the other forums like it was like people were like like you can't kill deer in october and it's like you know it's november only and it's like and i meet some people and they're like this day big bucks on their feet and it's like the more i, I meet people a lot of good hunters like my dates and their dates correspond and it's like wow you killed deer in october oh you killed deer in october so it's like all right i'm not crazy like i'm not you know like all <laughs> these like, things that up my head they're you like Shh, you're letting the cat out of the bag let them all think yeah. it's november <laughs> so it's cool to, to meet very like-minded individuals who's learned it you know through trial and error like me like i a lot of my dates and and time i killed for for doing things wrong for close to 20 years where i killed a, you know a, killed a lot of nice bucks but never like a big buck you know not an overnight success story by any means like 19 years to shoot 125 inch deer you know and actually that's the only deer i've ever seen twice i passed him up and i shot him you know six days later because uh, i thought something bigger was coming you know it's the only deer on my wall that i've seen more than once you know so but like that was just me being super aggressive, you know, without really, you know, I guess I had an idea what I was doing, you know, and I was like, just when I was starting to like, things were starting to work, you know, playing, playing in my favor, beginning of October, you know, right before that shift happens, you know, so it's just cool, you know, all this stuff, meeting you guys, it's just, uh, it's pretty rad actually. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like, that's what I say, like, you know, for, for whatever it is, like, if we stopped doing the podcast or whatever, like we'd still be doing the same stuff, yeah. but we wouldn't get to talk to, like we'd be stuck yeah. talking to the same people, like yeah. just that we know, like, so we wouldn't be growing, wouldn't be learning. We wouldn't be, you know, taken from all these experiences and we wouldn't, you know, it's, it's great to be able to like have people around you where like if in the season or whatever, like I can, I don't have to worry about you stealing my spot or whatever. I can send you a screenshot and say like, this is what happened. Like, yeah. you know, what's the deal. It's not like, you know, somebody's going to move in. You're not going to fly here and move in on me for a 110 inch Michigan deer. Maybe if there's 150, like, like <laughs> Oh shit, Greg's here. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm in the spot That's right like, here. Like right before you guys we came on, the guy was messing me on Instagram, you know, and asked me about, he found all his buck sign and work, you know, sent me a screenshot of his uh i think he had onyx or base map or something but he sent me in and he's like i got all this sign in and whatnot he goes well how do you think this buck is moving i was like well what's your predominant wind you know and i just gave him like a quick few things but it's like i get messages like that all the time like the breakdown of map and it's like it's cool that i'm you know people that they feel comfortable even sending me their like their spots you know like i can decipher almost anybody's spot from a map you know because nobody blurs out the the coordinates <laughs> but 
I would never do that to somebody because I know what that guy's trying to do. Like I was there, you know, I was doing that before, you know, before GPS that are like a plat map and a compass, you know, I was doing what this guy was doing. So I'm like, I respect that, you know, and it's like, he's far away from stuff and like he's putting in work. I'm like, all right, I get that, you know, and being able to be a part of people's journeys and, you know, the ups and downs, you know, doing podcasts, like, you know, just leave my stamp on, on something. It, it's, it's, it's a nice feeling, you know, be able to give back to a community that, you know, I didn't really know existed until, you know, I did my first couple of podcasts and like, people were like, Hey, I relate to that guy, you know, he's an idiot, but he kills deer. I have a chance, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, that's what I say. Like, you know, I'm the world's worst bow hunter and I can do it. So you can do it too. Like yeah. you can't be as bad as me. Prove it. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's, you know, and even like the friendship, like meeting you guys going up there, you know, Johnny, like Bo, Clint, but so many people I've met through all these avenues, you know, and it's very, you know, like we're friends, you know, even like all the stuff disappeared. We still talk on the phone. We'd still meet up, you know, and, and, and do like hunting late stuff. It's like, that's never going to go away, you know, and it's just going to keep continuing to grow. And like, hopefully, you know, when I'm older, I look back and we're older and it's like, we're part of something bigger, you know, bigger than ourselves, I guess. Well, I look at it too, from like, especially for Frank, right. But like, for like a legacy standpoint, like if you get crushed by a UPS truck tomorrow, like your daughters can watch. Thanks buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it could, it could happen, right? Yeah, You only got so much time, but like they can go and hear your voice and they can see like what you're trying to do. And like, you know what I mean? You, there's always going to be that. And And that's huge. I think. Yeah. I, 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 my daughter, you know, she's, you know, a stepdaughter, she looks at that stuff because, but in a different way because she, she wants to be on social media, uh, just because I think it's like a trendy, cool thing to do. But like my daughter, she's so young. She sees me on TV. It's like, she gets excited, you know, it's like she's at that age where it's like, there's still excitement. And I'm like, and then that's short lived, you know, I'm going to take it while I can, you know, but like you said, when I'm gone, like my face, my ugly ass mug still going to be on there, you know, hopefully on it, if the internet's still around, you know, like she'll be able to see me in my prime, I guess, you know, and hear my voice, my words, and you know, that'll maybe mean something to her. For sure, man. And I, I think it's great. So we'll wrap this up so you can get to bed so you don't get crushed by a UPS truck. Yeah, you know? so, so appreciate that. Stay safe. Later, man. <laughs>